If you have your Bibles, if you will, open up to the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms, chapter 106. Psalm chapter 106. Thankful for the opportunity to be able to share a message from what uh, the Lord has put on my heart here tonight. And we're going to be in Psalm chapter 106. And if you find it, we're going to be in Psalm chapter 106, and we're going to begin reading in verse number 21. Psalm chapter 106. And if you will, look with me, please, at verse number 21. This is what the Bible says. It says, They forgot God, their Savior, which had done great things in Egypt, wondrous works in the land of Him, of Ham, and terrible things by the Red Sea. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for the opportunity just to be here in church here tonight, Lord. I thank you just to be able to see these members here. Uh, just faithfully, Lord, being in your house, Lord, and as we're here tonight, Lord, I pray that you'd give me the Holy Spirit, Lord, as he is here, Lord, and you give me, but I pray that I'd be able to preach with clarity, Lord, you know how much I stumble over my words, Lord, and you use me uh, always, Lord, and I thank you for that, but Lord, I pray that the message here you put on my heart would be able to be, uh, be, able to be clear unto this church tonight, they uh, leave encouraged, Lord, and uh, if there's any uh, convicting that, I pray that you'd convict and Lord, if there's anybody here in this service sitting tonight who does not know you as their Savior, Lord, I do pray that they would uh, receive you even tonight as a Savior before they leave church here tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we're going to be in Psalms 106, and I've titled my message tonight, Remember Not to Forget. Uh, and as we read here, we see the words, they forgot God. And I just want to start by saying this. I know a lot of you uh, may not like when I say it, and that's, I'm getting old. I'm getting old, and I know a lot of you, that bothers you because you look at me and say, no, you're not. No, you're not. I feel like I'm getting old. Uh, physically, I feel like I'm getting old, but I believe one of the signs that uh, I believe prove that you're getting old is your memory, right? Am I right? Memory loss? Memory loss? Listen, I, you can ask my wife this. My memory is terrible, okay? It's terrible. I'm forgetful all the time, and I don't like it when a lot of you say, you don't even know yet. You don't even know it. And I say, I think I do. And it doesn't, it doesn't encourage me because I'm, I'm thinking it's, it's going to get worse than what it is right now. I'm forgetful. and You're telling me it's going to get worse? Apparently. Apparently it's going to get worse. But, you know, I want to give you examples of things that I've forgotten and, and, and give you a, a result of what happened. Uh, when I was a teenager uh, living in California, uh, Brother Ross, thank, thankful to have another Californian here with me. I'm not alone, okay? Uh, but when I was, lived in California... Uh, me and my family every single year, not just my immediate family, but a lot of my cousins and everybody, we used to go to Yosemite, Yosemite National Park, and we used to go camping there every single year. Now, this year, we had, uh, I'd been staying with my cousins in San Diego with my aunt out there, and uh, I had my luggage packed full of everything. And just to make a long story short, we left on the trip. We went to Yosemite. When we got there, <laughs> I had realized that I forgot my luggage. I forgot my luggage, and when I got there, I realized that everything I needed, well, I guess you don't need anything when you go camping, right? You just live in the wilderness. No, I, I had a luggage full of clothing, a, a toothbrush, things like that, and I completely had forgotten my luggage during this trip. And what did I do? Well, it's a good thing for me that I have two older brothers that I can share stuff with. Uh, that was a blessing when I went with them. Even though I forgot my luggage that time, I was able to uh, kind of leech off of what they had and share some of the clothes that they had. But I just remember that trip and thinking like, man, how in the world could I forget my luggage? 
I mean, that, that, that's everything that I need for this camping trip, uh, camping trip is in here. And so I had to share clothes. And, you know, forgetting that luggage created problems for me. And that created a lot of problems for my brothers as well because I assure you, they didn't want to share what they had with me, okay? If it was up to them, just said, hey, you're on your own. But, of course, my mom went, came into the picture and said, hey, share. So praise the Lord for that. And so that was one of the times I, I remember forgetting something. And uh, my wife can attest to this too. There's a, there have been a numerous amount of times where I locked myself out of my car. Anybody? Anybody ever do that before? I've done it too much, too much. And my wife knows this, and, uh, you know, the most vivid one I remember, my wife was coaching, and she had an away game, and I went to go see her away game. I believe it was volleyball, and uh, we're, I don't know, maybe 30, 40 minutes away from here in Ocala, and we're out on this trip, and uh, we, uh, they had, the, the girls had just finished their game. We all went to McDonald's to eat, and then I got to my car, and then looked inside the window, and there they are, right on the chair, and I'm thinking... <laughs> Are you kidding me? I did it in Virginia as well, and I forget my keys, and it was the saddest moment because I was saying bye to my wife. They're just leaving on the bus, driving away, and they're all just staring at me, standing there in the McDonald's parking lot. And I, was, I had to sit there for, I believe, like an hour just waiting on someone to come by and be able to lock my car in like two seconds. It's always frustrating. How can you do that in a minute? I've been waiting for an hour, and you just do it that easily, right? And so there have been a, <laughs> that's not even the half of it. There have been a lot of times where I personally have forgotten things. And when I look in my memory, my memory, when I use my memory and I look back at those times where I've forgotten things, I always, I always remember those times and they're bad experiences. It's always been bad. When I look back to times where I've forgotten something, it always leads to some sort of negative memory, forgetting something. And then they have the opposite here where there's things I actually do remember that is good. One of those things is I've remembered my anniversary with my wife so far. <laughs> and it could, be, it could be that we've been married for three years, going on four years. I can't believe that. But December the 17th this year, we'll be married for four years. And uh, you know how it goes. Happy wife, happy life. And so when I think, hey, I remember this situation here, it's a peaceful memory. This one's peaceful. This one's peaceful. peaceful. When, when I look at the times that I've uh, been here with my wife and anniversary and I haven't forgotten yet, praise the Lord, and hopefully I never do, it, it just it brings joy to me. It's a happy memory. Not like the memory I have when I forget things and they're negative memories. Uh, and there also, have, of course, been times where when I went to Yosemite and I brought my things with me. And I look back at those trips and I remember those so vividly and it was a great trip. There were no hindrances there. There is no problems with, between me and my brothers. I had everything I needed. And, and so when you think about that, every time I look and I, and I go through this brain here that God has given me and I look back at times where I've forgotten things, there are negative memories. They're bad experiences for me. But when I go back and look at things that I've actually remembered, they tend to be good memories, things that have been a blessing to me. And so here in this passage, we didn't read all of it, and for time's sake, I don't think we'll be able to, but here in this passage, we'll look at a couple of these verses here, we see just that. We see the results of remembering God and His goodness, and we also see the results of forgetting God and His goodness in our lives. And here in this passage, we find David, he's writing about how Israel has always been so prone to rebellion. And yet, God in His mercy continues to bring Israel back to Him. How? By wondrous works. You can read it here in Psalms 106. You see, David writes every time that Israel has just always been so prone to leaving God, but yet God in His mercy always brings Israel back. How? Through His 
wondrous works. And as we read this chapter, we see Israel and what to me personally seems to be a trap in this kind of uh, lifestyle that they're in. And, and here's what happens, and you can read this in Psalms 106, but if you just read the Old Testament, you'll see what I'm about to tell you right here is that a lot of times you see Israel right with God. And they're praising the Lord, but then they fall, fall into sin. And then they repent, and then they're back to praising the Lord. And then they fall into sin. And then they repent, and then they're back to praising the Lord. And then they fall into sin, repent, praise the Lord. Fall into sin, repent, praise the Lord. And there's this kind of pattern here that Israel always had here in the Old Testament. It's that they would serve God faithfully. They'd be doing great. And then something comes along and they get distracted. And then they fall into sin. And then God judges them. And then they repent. And then they get right with God. And then the whole thing happens all over again. And I start asking myself, what is it that kept Israel? Or what is it that uh, was keeping uh, Israel and causing them to always go back and turn into their sin. And if you read Psalm 106 in the Old Testament, they always wanted to be back in Egypt. It was better in Egypt than it was for them after God had led them out of Egypt. And so my question was, what is it that keeps causing Israel to go back, their, go back to their sin and, and want to be back in Egypt instead of remaining faithful to the Lord? What was it? What was that cause that, that made them have this pattern here? And if we read here, I'll show you a couple of verses here. It was this. It was a fact that they kept on forgetting God, their Savior, and His wondrous works. I want you to look with me at Psalms 106, and I want you to look at verse number 6. Psalm chapter 106, and look at verse number 6 with me. It says, We have sinned with our fathers. We have committed iniquity. We have done wickedly. Our fathers understood not thy wonders in Egypt. They remembered what? They remembered not. In other words, they forgot. They remembered not. The multitude of what? Thy mercies, God's mercies. But instead they provoked him at the sea, even the Red Sea. If you guys remember that story when God had led them out through these plagues and finally they're at the Red Sea and they said, Moses, you took us out here just to die. I mean, you brought us here to the Red Sea. What's going on? And they began complaining and they just forgot. What about this plagues that God just, didn't you not just see all these miracles? Didn't you not just see what God has done here? And the Bible says here that they forgot the mercies. They Remembered not the mercies. Look at verse number 12. Psalms 106, look at verse number 12. They believed they his words. They sang praise. And verse number 13. They soon forgot his works. And they waited not for his counsel. Look at verse number 22 or 21 that we just read. They forgot God. You see a pattern here in this chapter that the Lord showed me here. And I, and I began wondering, why is it that Israel kept on falling into sin and then repent and get into this trap here in the circle. What was the cause? And I believe that we find here this pattern multiple times that mentions how Israel just kept on forgetting their God, kept on forgetting their Savior, but specifically, specifically, they kept on forgetting God's mercies and His goodness and His wondrous, wondrous works that He did for them. That's important. That's important. And so what seems to be the reason for their backsliding is their lack of God's goodness, their remembering of God's goodness in their lives. And so the question I believe you and I can ask ourselves is the same thing. What seems to be the reason that you and I always end up going back to our sin and getting trapped in the same cycle that Israel does instead of remaining faithful to the Lord as we know we should? What I'd submit to you this is that when you and I forget Jesus our Savior and His goodness and what He did on that cross, 
we will begin falling into an ungodly lifestyle. When you and I, we get our eyes off of the Lord, and we get our eyes of, off His goodness and, and His mercies toward us, I believe we truly begin treading on dangerous grounds. And then we become prone like Israel. We begin backsliding and turning into our sin. Because the Lord is not on the forefront of our minds. As a matter of fact, we've just completely forgotten His goodness in our life. We've kind of forgotten what He did on the cross 2,000 years ago. And when that's not on the forefront of our mind, we're going to be prone like Israel and fall into the same cycle they did and repent and get right with the Lord and fall into sin and repent. And I don't think that's what the Lord has for us. I understand we're not perfect. And I understand the verse also says that, and I thank the Lord that if, if we confess our sin to Him, He's faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and to cleanse us from, from all our unrighteousness. We're not perfect. Romans chapter number 7 talks about the battle between the, the flesh and the spirit, a daily battle. But I believe that we can remain faithful to the Lord. We have the Holy Spirit. Galatians does say walk in the Spirit and you won't fulfill the lust in the flesh. The Bible does say that. It is possible not to always be going back to this lifestyle and getting stuck like Israel kept on getting stuck. And the fact is that God has done so much for you and for me. He has. And this is why we find, if you would, go to Romans chapter number 12. Romans chapter number 12. This is why we find Paul using God's goodness and God's mercy as a plead for you and I to serve him. Romans chapter number 12. Look what Paul says here. He says, in Romans chapter number 12, verse number 1, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by what, Paul, do you beseech us? By the mercies of God. You know what Paul is saying here? He's pleading for you and I to present our bodies a living sacrifice unto God, which should be our reasonable service. But how is he getting us? How is he trying to motivate us to do such a thing, to present our bodies a living sacrifice? He's, he's saying it's by the mercies of God. In other words, he's pleading for you and I to give our lives, to give ourselves to the Lord, and he's using God's goodness to us as motivation. It should be your reasonable service because of what God has done for you Shouldn't you give your life to Him? When you remember God's goodness to you, shouldn't that make sense? And shouldn't it be reasonable for you to only want to serve Him? And so you even see Paul here, he uses God's goodness as a motivation for you and I to do what we should be doing. That's serving Him. To do what we should be doing, and that's giving our, our life, our bodies, as a living sacrifice unto Him. And Romans chapter number 2 and verse number 4, the Bible says this, or despisest thou the riches of his goodness? The riches, I love that, the riches of his goodness. Romans chapter number 2 and verse number 4 is what I'm reading. Despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. The goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. And what is the result of you and I are keeping our eyes on God? What is the result of you and I remembering God's goodness in our lives? Well, it begins to drive us to do more for Him. We don't think twice about helping out in ministry because how could we not? Look what He's done for you and me. We don't think twice about giving in a love offering because how could we not? By His mercies, what has He done for you and me? We don't think twice about surrendering to God's will in our lives because how could we not? He has done so much for you and for me. And I, I, it just made me think because my, my memory is terrible and the Lord knows that. 
But he's worked in my heart a lot, and he's, and he's been helping me try to remember a lot of things, uh, be a lot more organized in certain areas of my life, so that I could remember him more and keep him on the forefront of my mind. And my question to you tonight would be, where are your eyes tonight? What are, what are your memories on tonight? Have you forgotten everything that God has done for you? And as we take in the Lord's Supper here tonight, I want you to think of the words that Pastor might read here in 1 Corinthians 11 when Jesus said, Do in remembrance of me. Do in remembrance of me. I encourage you to remember all that God has done for you. And I would uh, encourage you to let it drive you to repentance if you're not where you should be here tonight with the Lord. And I encourage every single one of us not to forget Jesus, our Savior, who was bruised, the Bible says, for our iniquities. In Hebrews chapter number 12, verses 2 and 3, it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And verse number three says, For consider him. Consider, think about Jesus, our Savior. Remember him. Consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. Why? Why remember him? Why remember his goodness in your life? Lest ye be wearied and fade in your minds. And notice when Jesus said, as we partake in the Lord's Supper tonight, where he says, uh, do this in remembrance of me. And remember how this is my body that was broken for you. This is my blood that was spilled for you. And Jesus encourages you and I to keep that on the forefront of your mind. Let it drive you because I get emotional when I think about how the Lord took the cat of nine tails for me. When those piercers pierced his skin and they pulled back and chunks of skin came out and he began to be unrecognizable. And it speaks in my heart when these Roman centurions and these soldiers just played as a, as a game and took him in secret and uh, played a, plaited a crown of thorns and, and put it on his head, put a reed in his hand, and, and began to smush that crown of thorns on my Savior's head. And he began bleeding from his brow, and they began plucking his beard and began spitting on him and mocking him. And Jesus, at any moment, could have called 10,000 angels to save him, but he didn't. He endured the cross. He took each and every single step for you and me. And after that, they took him out before uh, Pilate took him out and said, is this, is this good enough for you? And for the Jewish people, it wasn't. They said, crucify him. It wasn't. And so Jesus had to carry a cross until about a mile out in Golgotha, and they began nailing his hands to that tree, his left hand, his right hand, and his feet. And he hung there on the cross, and I'm sure gasping for air, trying not to suffocate. And why? Why, Lord? Because in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, the Bible says, but God commendeth, he showed us his love. He showed us how much we meant to him. How? That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, the Bible says. While we were yet sinners. While I was still uh, lying, while I was still breaking God's law, God loved me so much that I believe every single step he took, he thought about Reuben Castillo. I wasn't born yet, but I believe I was right on the top of God's mind. And I believe that the more I begin to truly remember my Savior, the more that I truly begin to think about what it is that He's done for me in my life, it's going to cause me to turn back to Him in repentance because it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. If we were to make a list here of pros and cons and, and really list what it is that God has done for you and me, there'd be that, that list here of God, things that God has done for us would be filling that page. 
You know, uh, I, I remember the, the time I first began uh, uh, working here at Ocala Christian Academy. You know, we get the background checked, and I forget where it was, but I remember going into this building and, and to get my background checked, and I was sitting and waiting in line, and I saw a picture on the wall, and I'll never forget what it said. It said this, Imagine if you woke up today with what you thanked God for yesterday. That's what it said. Imagine if you woke up today with only what you thank God for yesterday. And I've never forgotten that. And I began thinking, Lord, I feel like I forget your goodness all the time in my life. I have a roof over my head. I have food on my table, shoes on my feet, like the song says. Praise the Lord. I'm blessed. I'm, I'm alive and kicking, like we used to say in college. When we say, how are you doing? I'm alive and kicking. I'm here. God, you've been so good to me. And because, Lord, I recognize it specifically, because I remember what it is that you've done for me in my life, it's causing me now to turn and repent. I think about Joshua. Most of the time you ever see Israel, when they would, when they would uh, go into sin and start living an ungodly lifestyle, as we, as we read in Psalm 106, as you read it there, most of the time that ever happened, God would come down and bring a prophet and, and, and he would remind him. He wouldn't just necessarily jump. He said, hey, look at what God's done for you here. Choose you today who you're going to serve. But let me remind you, before you make your choice, let me show you what it is and how good God has been to you. And for some reason, for the Israelites, when God would remind his people of how good he's been to them, that would make Israel weep and repent. Because they think, Lord, how are we serving graven images right now? How did we turn to worshiping a calf? How, Lord? It's because they soon, the Bible says, they soon forgot. How many times has God done something in our lives and immediately when the next trial or next storm comes, we just completely act like we have no faith. And it's like, what did I just do for you here? And so often we don't use our memory. I believe I was talking to my uncle about this and it's just amazing to think our memory is just an amazing thing that God has given us. And so often we don't use it the way we should. And I'm just encouraging you, each and every single one of you tonight, as myself, that as we partake in the Lord's Supper tonight, won't you remember God's goodness to you? Won't you remember the great things God has done for you? Because if you're not where you should be tonight, I believe that the more you dwell and think upon truly what it is that God has done for you in your life, it'll cause you to repent, it'll cause you to get right with the Lord, and as a result, it'll cause you to want to do more for Him. Let's pray.